Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast sponsored by Story 94. I'm Rosie and along with my indie partner Anna, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions independent businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys and adventures and I hope you'll join me for the ride. It's Rosie here from Independent Oxford. This episode of um, the Independent Oxford podcast, we have Sarah from the Herbro Candle Company. Hi, Sarah. Hello, Rosie. Thank you for having me. No worries. So lovely to see you today. A sunny day. Beautiful out there. <laughs> Stunning. Thank goodness. Hopefully, we're now kind of moving into better weather. I know. I know. Yes. Absolutely. And able to get out there and do some foraging. Mmm, do some foraging. <laughs> Do some things that we've not been allowed to do. It is a bit like you're being let out, isn't mm, it? I mean, yeah. you know, and it is a lovely feeling, actually. Yeah, it's nice seeing great. everybody and catching up, yeah. Oh, amazing. So, let's get into it. Tell us about Herbro. Okay, so, this is a <laughs> this is a business that's really started by accident, but has grown enormously in the last 12 months to a point where I, I never thought it would happen. So, just to give you a bit of context... Um, I am addicted to candles, and I'm not ashamed to say that live on a podcast. I am addicted to candles, scented candles in particular, fancy ones in particular. Um, And my husband, the lovely Colin, has asthma and cannot and will not tolerate anything in our house that is remotely toxic. So chemicals, artificial anything, he just can't deal with that. And frankly, neither should he. It's not really fair. It's a bit rude, isn't it? So it got to the point where I was spending quite a lot of money buying really quite fancy scented candles. And it was getting a bit ridiculous. And they weren't all that good, to be fair. Even the really expensive brands weren't that good. So I thought last year, I thought, right, OK, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a go at this. How hard can this be? Well, it is hard, actually. It's really hard to make good candles. I had no idea how hard it was. So I learnt the process. I immersed myself in YouTube videos. I spoke to other candle makers. I read about it. I learned all about it and ended up absolutely because I geeked out completely on the candle making process. Who knew there were so many different wick options for so many different waxes for so many different fragrances? Unbelievable. Okay. So I learned how to do this just for us, just to have really beautiful things in our home that didn't make my husband have a dreadful asthma incident. Yeah. And People would say, what are you doing, Sarah? How's it all going through lockdown? I said, well, I'm making candles. And they were like, oh, okay, why are you doing that? So I would explain. And then they would ask, can you make one for me? That sounds really good. So I started making them as samples just to send out to friends and family who I think, frankly, are now at peak candle. (laughs) (laughs) Never, never. Well, I'll never get there. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Um, But they were brilliant. So I had loads of really good feedback. And then after a while, a really good friend of mine said, you need to sell these. These are great. These are beautiful. These are better than the leading brands, which we won't mention. But they're better than this. I've spent, you know, 50 pounds on a candle from this particular well-known company. Doesn't burn properly. Uh, There's soot in my house. And I started to think, okay, maybe there is something here. So I developed it then. I moved it forward as a business and started introducing um, new oils that I wanted to use, new vessels that I wanted to use. And I stuck with, um, I think, what is the most expensive type of wax, which is a blend of coconut and rapeseed wax. Mm-hmm. So it's completely natural and sustainable. Mm-hmm. 
So that's been a really big theme, the whole kind of keeping it clean, making sure they burn beautifully without any soot and fill your home with lovely fragrance, um, making sure everything's as recyclable and repurposable and reusable as possible, which we've managed to do. And so that's how it was born. And so that was the middle of last year. By Christmas, things had got really hectic. So I sold out completely at Christmas. Bear in mind, this is me in my kitchen, in my house. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then I invested in this thing that looks a little bit like a witch's cauldron, mm -hmm. which my children think is really hilarious. Mummy's got a cauldron <laughs> in the pantry. <laughs> I took over the pantry as a waxery um, and, uh, and sort of upped my game a little bit. And then since, and the, since the beginning of this year, it's been phenomenal. And people have been really supportive. And I've now got customers across Europe who are buying them. Amazing. That's incredible. And it's lovely that it's kind of got that really like artisan apothecary feel to it. And you can really, I mean, the candles are amazing. Like they just smell incredible. Thank you. And um, I think that, you know, things like that need to be made in small batch because, you know, you get, you know, you get these big companies, as you say, that are making, you know, candles that, you know, they, and they just lose the integrity of it because they've got to scale it up. And yeah, so. I think part of the, the whole thing is, that part of the success is definitely because they're made, they're handmade, hand poured mm. in small batches. So you can buy really quite fancy candle melting devices, um, which I don't think I ever want to do because I, I personally love the process of smashing up the wax, putting it in the cauldron, melting it and then making my candles. And actually, when I talk to the customers about it, they love that that's how their candles are made. So I know when, I, when I'm packaging them up to send... They know that I've done the whole process from, you know, melting the wax, adding the fragrance oil, putting the wick in, through to printing my own labels, you know, packaging them myself, going to the post office or, you know, whatever, arranging delivery myself. And I think you're right. It's really important to have that. Um, and people want that even more. And I think that's why independent Oxford, independent businesses in general, but especially in Oxfordshire, obviously, they have they've really kind of come to their own during lockdown mm, because yeah. people have started to really, truly appreciate, you know, the fact that it's a local business. You're supporting that local business with your buying power, which is really important. Mm. And there's somebody somewhere in a kitchen or an office or wherever making this for you. And they know that they're making it for you. Mm. And it's very personal. And I love that. And yes, I have had to scale up a little bit, but I'm still doing it all. Mm. It just means I'm working all day and all night and all weekend. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's and that's fine because people are really loving the product. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The integrity is really important. Yeah. And also, you know, I've given it my own kind of I was determined to keep it as simple as possible in terms of branding and the look and the feel. And I love the whole apothecary thing. And so, you know, we've chosen amber glass jars that can be then reused for all sorts of things. People love that. So, yeah, it's really important. Mm. So your vision is very much about kind of sustainability and keeping that kind of quite natural feel to the mm, brand. Definitely. Where, where, do you, where do you kind of source your, your products and, and what's your kind of inspiration for, for each of the scents that you use? Okay, so I've got a, a selection of seven fragrances, some more coming soon. And they've, they're called things like soothe and relax and invigorate and inspire and breathe um, and gorgeous and things like that because... And because I want people to have these candles as a little bit of affordable luxury in their lives. 
um, because actually aroma and fragrance is really important for our well-being. And it also brings back really lovely memories. So if you're really struggling, and I think this, this is why the, the candles flew through lockdown, because people became more aware of themselves and the need for well-being practices. So I had lots of customers who were using candles as part of their yoga or Pilates, or people like me who journal a lot and write a lot. Really good to have a candle lit while you're doing that kind of creative stuff. And there are other people that just wanted to light one and, and relax and read. So keeping them pure and also um, making you, you know, you open it and it says invigorate. Fantastic. You know, if you need a bit of a boost and you light your little candle, you will, I guarantee you will feel better because the, you know, we have two ranges. One has pure essential oils and one is fine fragrance oils. And they're all beautiful, but the essential oils especially are really good and really pure and they just make you feel very relaxed or invigorated or inspired or whatever you want to feel so all of those things combined with sort of apothecary feel it's a lot of this is about well-being and I was determined when I came to pricing which I would say is one of the hardest things about running a business is the pricing I was determined to keep it reasonable because I just think it's something that if you want it you should be able to have it to make you feel better and to fill your home with that lovely fragrance and to have a little bit of luxury, especially at a time when things perhaps aren't so good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's really important. And yeah, well-being has been so, you know, sent, um, you know, centre stage, hasn't it, over the last mm. the last year? And we've really got to be Definitely. thinking about that. Yeah. So um, tell us about the other products in your range. Okay. So I've got these lovely candles, which come in various sizes, but I've also developed these really beautiful, um, well, I think they're beautiful and people love them. They are natural air fresheners. So they're made of the same wax and they contain the same fragrances. I tend to stick to more of the essential oils for these so that they're quite a strong smell. And then I use um, flowers and leaves that I've collected from my garden that I've dried. So it's all very local. Um, and you can hang them, I make them into like wax tablets. So if you, you can imagine a sort of a mold, and then you pour the wax into the mold, and then you wait for that amazing moment when it's dry, and it's the most satisfying Thing. It's a bit like, you know, when you have a new bar of chocolate and you kind of snap it. It's that kind of feeling. It's so lush. And then you take them out, put ribbon through them, and you can hang them up in your wardrobes or in your drawers or in small rooms in your home or cupboards or whatever. And they smell awesome. And again, there's no um, chemicals in them. There's no toxics. There's toxins. There's no additives. There's no parabens. They're completely vegan. You know, there's nothing nasty in any of the stuff that we're producing. But these fragrance tablets have flown and people are loving them. So I'm really, I'm really pleased with them. Um, I didn't invent them. They've been around for a while. Um, but I've just given them my own twist and used my own stuff to make them. But they're lovely. Satisfying. Yeah. I love it. There's nothing like a satisfying make, is there? <laughs> you just can't beat it. You're like, oh, look what I've done. It's incredible. It's so exciting. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm. Um, do you think you do kind of like workshops or? Oh, things? yeah. yeah. I'd I love to do that. People enjoying that. People would love it. And I would question if they didn't, why they didn't love it. Because <laughs> I've just loved, I love the whole process. It's so exciting. Yeah. When I made my very first candle, I remember sitting there watching it set in amazement and I couldn't quite believe what I'd done 
And it's lovely. It's a lovely thing to make. Mm. And I have with my, um, I've got a stepdaughter who's 16 and she's very creative. Well, I've got many children, but Poppy's the most creative, I think. And she, um, she helped me make some one weekend. She absolutely loved it. You know, she's quite addicted to it. And it, it was lovely doing it with her. So yeah, I definitely run workshops and encouraging other people to have a go at it. It's a lovely thing to do. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Great. Well, that sounds very inspiring. Um, but who who or what inspires you? Is it is it kind of the natural world? That is obviously a big, you know, big part of the brand. So. Yeah, so where we live is really important. So we live in a village called Lower Hayford and our house is called Herborow. So this is where the name of the candle yeah, company okay. came from. And it's called Herborow because at the back of our house is a, um, a sort of a natural feature. So there's an old, an ancient henge and there's a kind of ridge it's like a, a little bank. Okay. And that bank on an ordnance survey map is called Herbero. And my husband is a total local history um, enthusiast. And he <laughs> loves all that stuff. And he found it on the ordnance survey map. And he said, if we don't preserve this word, I've never heard this word before. And either no. had I. No. And I'm all about the words as well. Um, and he said, if we don't preserve this word, it's going dis- to disappear. It'll disappear. So we decided to call our house Herbero. And then, of course, the Herbero Candle Company, just like rolls off your tongue doesn't it so that's the inspiration for the brand and then of course from that it's all about natural everything so you know natural as natural oils as we can possibly get and like I said um, this year I'm planning to phase out any non-essential oil you know anything that isn't an essential oil and bring in more Um, I'm using you know dried flowers dried leaves dried herbs from the garden I've always been mad about herbs always Mm -hmm. I've always grown them um, and and love them, and the garden is full of them. So it just all kind of fitted together really well. And I love perfume, but I love natural perfumes. So I'm not one for spraying an air freshener, for example, which is why the little tablet things have done <clears throat> excuse me so well. Um, so yeah, it's all about natural world and and also trying to be as sustainable as possible. Yeah. You know, it's not, you can't necessarily be 100% sustainable all of the time. But I think if we can all try to be as sustainable as possible most mm. of the time, you're onto a winner. And the customers love that. And our jars are beautiful. They're made in Europe um, and they're beautiful. They're really good quality glass. So they can be reused forever. You know, there's no need for them to be recycled. Just put some flowers in them or some pencils or paintbrushes or whatever. They're lovely things. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So um, so you've talked a bit about the ingredients that you use and a bit about the process, but what's your kind of typical Herbero day when you're getting getting down to some, some candle making? Okay, serious waxery. <laughs> That's what we're talking here, Rosie. <laughs> serious wax action. Okay, so, um, well, overnight orders come in because yeah. we've got a website that's, that's doing well. So orders come in. So then I wake up and there they all are, which is a lovely feeling. And anybody who runs an online business knows that amazing feeling when it goes ding and you know you've got an order and it's just brilliant. So I don't think I'll ever tire of that. That's a lovely way to start the day. And then I get in the waxery and I have my wax delivered in big 12 and a half kilogram blocks. So if you imagine, it's just like a massive chunk of pure white, creamy white wax. So then I chop it up, which is brilliant if you're a little bit stressed. Just get that knife in there and chop up the wax and it's great. Put it in my um, 
It's actually a soup kettle that I use. Mm-hmm. It's not a cauldron. Mm-hmm. It's a soup so I put it all Damn, in there. it's not a cauldron. I know. It doesn't really look like one. It does Shattering really look like one. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. I'm not a witch, really. So put it all in there. And then while that's happening, I put all the wicks in the jars. And I have a big list of what I've got to put in each one and how many different fragrances I'm going to be making that day. And so then this, the process really begins. So, But the crucial thing about candle making that I discovered early on is it's all about the pouring temperature. So I naively at the beginning of this process thought, oh, easy, melt some wax, stick it in a jar, pop a wick in, job done. Oh my goodness, no, that's never going to happen. You're never going to get a good candle if you do that. It's all about pouring the wax at precisely the right temperature, adding the fragrance oil or the essential oil at precisely the right temperature So it's quite a scientific process. Mm, And for someone, I mean, my background is rooted in creativity, not science. So I've had to sort of really get into that geek mindset Mm. and understand the importance of these things. And it is vital because if you don't pour at the right temperature, it just doesn't work. It doesn't look nice. So lots of time, care and attention is spent making sure with lots of thermometers and jugs and, you know, making sure it's all good to go. And then we pour, I pour them all. So... The pouring happens in the actual kitchen. The wax melting happens in the pantry. And then all the labelling and the admin happens in my beautiful garden office. So I'm really, really fortunate to have a fantastic office in the garden where I do all the sort of marketing and the labelling and the packaging and everything else. So the whole house pretty much is being dominated by candles. So at any point during the day, I could have several candles in several rooms testing them. Because testing is a really massive part of candle making. You have to make sure they're safe, that they work, that they're not going to shatter the glass, that you can actually smell the fragrances. So a lot of my day is spent when I've, I've done my orders and then I might think, right, I'm going to try out this new fragrance or try out a new jar size. And then you have to adjust the wick um, because every different size of jar needs a different size of wick. Otherwise, the candle will burn too quickly and so on and so on. So it's a constant testing process. So the day, that's how my day is spent. So I do my orders, I get them out, I wait and I watch patiently for them to set. Um, And then meantime, I'm testing other candles and other waxes and other, other, other fragrance oils. And then when they're set, it's all about, you know, the fun bit really, which is trimming the wicks, putting the labels on, packaging them up. Um, And yeah, so it's a busy day. Mm. You know, it really is. It's taken over. Um, Because I'm I'm one of these people who's got a bit of a portfolio career. So I do lots of other things as well, other creative stuff, which is great. But actually, this fits in brilliantly. And it's it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's busy. It's good. And luckily, husband is brilliant, Colin, because he has a motorbike. So he does a lot of the um, deliveries Ah. by motorbike, which people really like as well. It's quite fun. Inbuilt courier into your business. Great. Yeah, and it's great. You know, it's really good. It's like a little bit different mm. and it's really quite environmentally friendly, not having to get in a car or whatever. So, you know, it's much better that he can whiz around and do it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So that's what it looks like. Yeah, that's a day in the Herbero Waxery. So you really, really are kind of small batch, mm. made to order. Oh, yeah. Made Very, to order. Yeah. Bes- quite bespoke. Very bespoke. Um, so I've just done the biggest order so far was for 200, 200 tea lights which doesn't sound a lot when I know you can buy a bag of 100 tea lights for like nothing from certain shops, but it took a huge amount of time. My tea lights are quite big. They're more like votives, so they're quite a big size. And they were for a charity 
that is headed by a really famous actor. I can't tell you. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I will soon be able to reveal all. Okay. Oh, we'll, to have the to, we'll have to make sure that we follow, we're following you on uh, social media. Yes, then, so I will be out. able to reveal it all soon. But it's really, really exciting. It's a fantastic charity, and that happened because I made a candle for a good friend of mine who loved it who then sent a candle to a good friend of hers who loved it, who happened to be the mum of this really famous actor. And they run a charity together. And she needed somebody to make a massive amount of tea lights for this new beautiful wooden tea light holder that they've had designed as part of their merchandise range. And they came to me, which is very exciting. So I would say that's the most I've made in a day or two is, is 200. Usually um, it's, it's small batches. yeah, And that's what people really like. Amazing. And we're moving into, just quickly, I have to tell you, very exciting news. I'm working with an engraver. Oh, nice. A glass engraver. So Jane, the glass engraver, will be engraving glasses as well in the near future. So there'll be another range of slightly more bespoke, yeah. um, individually done glasses. Personalised gifts. Mm. Nice. Amazing. So you just touched on it there, Your um, the other work that you do and all the amazing projects that you're working <laughs> on. Just tell us about some of the other um, projects that you're working on at the moment. Okay, so the main other project is this fantastic partnership that I have with another journalist, because journalism is my is my background, um, called Ox in a Box. So I work with Catherine McAllister, who was the um, arts and food editor at the Oxford Mail, and we worked at the Oxford Mail together for lots of very fun years and had a great time. And now we run Ox in a Box, which is a really cool website that tells you everything you need to know about where to go, what to eat, what to do when you get there. Um, it's fantastic. People love it. And we're doing really well. We launched not long before lockdown. So lockdown was challenging. But we've kept going and we're coming out the other side and our readers love it. And I think we're around, we got, I don't know, quarter of a million views and... People are loving it. Yeah, people love it. And so we do all we can to support all the, everybody, but specifically, we love working with independents. So anyone independent in the food sector and hospitality in particular, Mm. we do a lot of work with them. So that's the other project. And then I also do, um, obviously, I'm a PR consultant and a journalist, and I work freelance for various people. And I've just started working for a fantastic local charity called Oxford Against Cutting, which is a brilliant, brilliant charity based in Oxford. So, yeah, exciting. All quite creative and all to do with sort of chatting and talking and writing. Yeah. Um, But the candles really fit in well because one of the other things I do is I teach journaling. And I always say to my journaling students, you should really light a candle because it really calms you down and keeps you centred. And that's another reason that I started becoming so obsessed with them and then started making them. So it's weird, my working life, but it all kind of fits together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose that's the kind of, the brilliant thing about working for yourself is that you can do lots of different things and really kind of hone in on your your skills and your true kind of passions. Yeah. Um, what what would you say are your kind of favourite things about running running Herbro and and your kind of portfolio career? Uh, well, I'm really lucky. So I've worked for myself for a really long time and I've worked from home for a really long time. And I know during lockdown, people have had no choice and they've had to work from home. For some people, they've really loved it and other people have found it really difficult. But I absolutely love it. And I can't imagine my working life being any different. I think there's a few reasons for that. First of all, I, I have got this entrepreneurial thing running through me that I just can't get away from. Mm-hmm. I love collaborating 
I love working with other other independents, um, other creative people. I just I learn so much, and I work with people who are considerably younger than me quite often, and I learn loads from them, and I just find that really inspirational. So that's that's one of the main reasons. The other reason is Rosie. I don't really like being bossed around. <laughs> if I'm honest. I don't really like being told what to do Funny by that. anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really happy bossing myself around. But yeah, so that that's really why. So I'm really, I know I'm very, very lucky that I can work like that. And it is ideal. Um, and, and I just wish everybody had the opportunity to have the kind of career that fits around their life. Yeah. More than having to kind of fit your life around your work, mm. which I think is really hard. Yeah. And in terms of working in Oxfordshire, like collaboration is, is something that we're really passionate about in the Oxford and obviously that's that's kind of key to all of the elements mm. of your your work as well. Kind of what what would you say are your favourite favourite parts of running a business in Oxfordshire? Oh, I think, well, first of all, where we live is brilliant. Where we're working is brilliant. I mean, look at it. We're surrounded. We've got lovely creativity. We've got the arts. We've got amazing places to go for coffee and meetings and all that kind of stuff. But there are some really inspiring small businesses. So if I had to sort of say the kind of business that had inspired me, it would be the Oxford Soap Company. Mm. I just love, I'm addicted to their solid shampoo. It's me the too. best I've ever, honestly, it's the best I've ever used. It's so good. So good. Lovely people. They really care about their customers. And that's the kind of brand I want Herbero to be. That's, that's re- they've really inspired me to do that. So, and there's, you know, the Little More Candle Company, beautiful candles, very different to mine, but stunning you know, really good, unique. And I think that's the one thing that worried me when I first started was, oh, there's loads of people doing the same thing as me. But they're not. They're not doing the same thing. They're doing, they might be all candle makers, but we're all doing it differently. And I just think all the indie businesses that I've come across, and, you know, for years I was a writer, a business writer for the Oxford Mail and the Oxford Times. And that's where my passion for kind of entrepreneurs and small businesses really started. Um, I'm constantly amazed by the new businesses that pop up and pivot. The way people have changed the way they work during lockdown, inspirational, Mm. just brilliant. They could all write a book about their journey, couldn't they? Yeah. And share that knowledge. I really believe that. So I think there's lots going on in Oxfordshire. There's a great scene for indie businesses here. There's lots of support. You know, Independent Oxford is brilliant to be a part of. Fantastic. Really good. And there's lots of things going on where you can meet and share ideas and collaborate if you want to or have a moan. That's really important too. If you work by yourself, you can go a little bit, oh, sometimes, you know, and you need to sit with another person who's perhaps running their own business on their own and say, God, I had a really bad week, you know, or I'm really exhausted or just can't get my branding right or what am I doing wrong? And then you can also then celebrate your successes as well when things go really well and those orders are coming in. So I think the support is really important. And I feel a lot of that within Oxfordshire. Mm, Yeah, I think it's a great place to work. And I think, you know, everybody's got their own niche. Mm. Yes, there might be other people making candles or doing, you know, doing lots of different things. Lots, like loads of breweries opening up. Yeah. But they're all doing different things. Exactly. Um, And they'll all have their own customer base and their own kind of community around them. Yeah. Um, and that's the great thing about indies and, and having this indie community is like there's enough for everybody. You know, we can all yeah. you know, all collaborate and we can all, you know, have a have a good life of of doing something that we're passionate about and um, you know, doing something that's really inspiring. I absolutely agree. And I also am a great believer in and we're sort of stronger together. I know it's a bit of a cheesy thing to say, but I do think working with other people 
is always going to be a winner. Um, you know, I mean, I've encountered a bit of a few difficult things on social media to do with other candle makers, not local ones, I have to say. And I just think, hang on a minute, you, you're miles away from me. Mm. Or, you know, why don't you just be a bit nicer and a bit more supportive? So I try really hard to be as supportive and encouraging as I can. And within Oxfordshire, I've only found that. I've only discussed, you know, that's all I've experienced. But further afield, I don't think they have the community that we have. Mm. Um, there's a lot that people could learn mm. about the sort of Oxfordshire indie business model and, and the community around it and how it all works. And I think it's, it's vital. I'm not sure I would have been able to start Herbero and grow it to the point I have without knowing that I've got that kind of indie business support network around me. Mm. Yeah. because you do need it yeah you know you can have your passion and your enthusiasm and your drive and that's brilliant and you can have your brilliant idea but if you haven't got someone you can go to and say look this week's been a bit wonky how's it been for you that's really tough yeah you definitely need that support yeah. I think it's really important absolutely 100 percent. yeah absolutely yeah. so with with that in mind uh, which oh, you've talked about um, the Oxford Soap Company, mm. but what other businesses have you kind of seen around recently that have inspired you? What what things have you been out um, reviewing for Ox in a Box that have caught your okay. eye? Well, I mean, we love an indie eatery, obviously. We love an indie eatery <laughs> at Ox in a Box. We love them all. They're all fabulous, and they all bring something new to the table. That was a bad pun, sorry, <laughs> but they do. And I think actually, fair play to all the hospitality sector, the whole sector, for surviving this absolutely diabolical 12 months and coming back fighting. Um, you know, pubs that we thought might disappear have not. So we were at the King's Arms in Woodstock last week and reviewed their new menu. They, they're a fuller pub, but they, we, you know, there was a real worry locally that that, was, that pub was going to disappear. Um, but no way, they're back with a vengeance. They're doing it fantastic new manager it's beautiful inside you know I mean they've done a really good job on it and it's so lovely to see that that people are coming back fighting I think people are even more determined to be successful in their business whatever business that might be I really think that um so that's good so yeah they're all fantastic you can't make me choose okay Unfair. I won't <laughs> don't make me choose because like, we love them all I know the feeling yes. I know the feeling <laughs> so um to to finish off where can where can people find you online? Oh, well, they can find me on Instagram. The best thing to do, though, if you want to have a look at the candles, is go to herbero.co.uk and you can see what we've got going on on the website at the moment. Um, and then you can find me on Facebook, Herbero Candle Company, and Instagram, Herbero Candle Company. And, you know, get in touch. And we, like I said, we're working with this fantastic calligrapher from Tame called Jane who is going to be um, engraving our glasses. Be and we're, we're doing that because I've had quite a few inquiries from brides. Because, of course, brides, weddings are coming back. All right, slightly smaller. But they want these sort of really personalised gifts either for their bridesmaids or their guests or themselves or whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of that happening. So if you're a bride, get in touch. I'd love to talk to you about that. <laughs> Got some nice things that we can talk about. So yeah, that's how you can find me. Amazing. Oh, it's so great that kind of celebrations and things are oh. happening again and we can get back together. Isn't it oh. lovely? We can put a dress on and not just, just waft around the house in it, <laughs> you know, and some lipstick and it's going to be lovely. And it's. And I really hope we're in for a really good summer. 
And I'm looking forward to being able to get to some art and craft events and fairs. I'm hoping to have stands and stalls at some of them with oh, great. candles. Amazing. And just getting out, though, you know, not even selling candles, just getting out and seeing people is going to be just marvellous. Yeah. When everything eases properly. Yes. Going to be, it's going to be party central. I think so. I hope so, Rosie. And I hope we're going to be leading that party. You I'll and I. You, I'll see you at the bar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> see you at the bar. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me today, Sarah. Lovely to see you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Infinite Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story 94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear indie stories from across Oxfordshire. Bye for now.